It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Episode 159 of the Rise and Shine podcast. And one of my all-time favorite athletes. One of my all-time favorite NBA players. Perfect time to have him on the show. Robert Ori is the featured guest on the Rise and Shine podcast, seven-time NBA champ. Nobody was better in the big spot than our guy, Robert Ori. And obviously, it's a perfect time to have him on the Rise and Shine podcast with everything that has transpired in the NBA postseason. Plus, he does the pre- and post-game show for the Lakers, so we'll talk about what's next for LeBron and Anthony Davis and everybody out in Los Angeles will get his take on Phil Jackson, Greg Popovich. He has a great story on how he became the most tough and clutch player in the history of the NBA. We'll talk to him about Shaq and Kobe and Tim Duncan and who he likes in the upcoming NBA Finals. And listen, I I told you that the Boston Celtics were absolute frauds. And this, this team, this organization... It is just a gutless, sad sack. And the 2004 Boston Red Sox, as a diehard Yankees fan, they absolutely make me puke. They make me sick. The thought of them is is gross. But for anyone to compare the 2023 Celtics to the 2004 Red Sox, a team that had gamers, a team that had Hall of Famers who performed when it mattered the most, I mean, you were absolutely crazy as a Boston sports fan. And frankly disrespectful to Pedro Martinez and Big Poppy and Manny Ramirez and Kirk Schilling and Trot Nixon and Jason Veritek and Bill Miller and Cabrera, among others. I mean, Johnny Damon, Dave Roberts, that that team had it going on. They were brilliantly managed and well put together with Frank Kona and Theo Epstein, and they would just beat your brains in and grind out wins, and they were tough, and they were they would compete. And it's the total antithesis, when you look at it, for the Boston Celtics, who are everything that's wrong with sports. You know, they were the favorites. Go back to last year to win the NBA Finals against Golden State. I picked Golden State to win that series because I valued the hearts and the experience of the Warriors over the Celtics. And Boston kind of lollygagged through this season. The regular season, Milwaukee got the one seed. Once Milwaukee was bounced, you figured, I know I did, and I was wrong on this, that the Eastern Conference would be the Boston Celtics Invitational. They had the most talent. But Jason Tatum, I don't want to hear anyone ever tell me, put some respect on his name, please. 
Jason Tatum, and I'm not going to blame him for Game 7. Obviously, he rolled his ankle on the literal very first play, but I am going to blame him for being inconsistent the entire postseason, for messing around with Atlanta, for scoring seven points in Game 2 of the Philly series, for everything that transpired where he didn't show up when it mattered the most, Game 1, Game 2, Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Finals, where he had as many field goals as, as I did. In the fourth quarter, which is completely unacceptable. I mean, you don't get a participation trophy for winning three in a row. I guarantee the callers are all over me on Shine on Sports. There's no chance Miami with their coach, Jimmy Butler, their culture, no chance they lose four straight. Even as undermanned, no Tyler Hero, compare and contrast to this, this Celtics basketball team. And Jalen Brown was atrocious, couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. Eight turnovers. They have to bust it up. Super max, max contract. I mean, Jalen Brown's not not the guy. Never has been, never will be. Look, I don't think Joe Mazzulla can coach his way out of a paper bag. Charles Barkley was brilliant destroying all these awful haphazard threes they were chucking up in the first half, and they were awful shooting from three. Malcolm Brogdon, no points, which is perfect because he was an absolute zero this postseason. And Missoula has no idea which way is up. And he's a terrible coach, and he's not going to improve. I do think maybe winning those three straight, that's going to help him keep his job. But if they fired him, I wouldn't say boo, because Joe Missoula has no idea what he's doing. And go back to game six, and I think that's important here, right? And that's one of the greatest finishes ever in the NBA, considering what was at stake. And it goes from, oh, my God, Miami won. They're going to play Denver in the NBA Finals to, oh, my goodness, they need to look at the replay, to, oh, my goodness, Derek White absolutely tipped that ball in on time and Boston's going to win. So it went from agony to maybe to jubilation if you're a fan of the Boston Celtics. But right after that game and the postgame news conference, Eric Spolstra, who's a, a legendary coach, one of the five best in the history of the sport, Eric Spolstra was calm. He said, I wish we could play the game now. Jimmy Butler the same, and that's heat culture. And it funnels from Pat Riley to Spolstra to Butler to the role players. Caleb Martin was just incredible. Bam Adebayo couldn't hit a shot, but he was so great in terms of defense and rebounding. And they just absolutely spanked Boston. In Boston! I mean, the Celtics went home thinking it was their birthright to go to the NBA Finals. So I was not surprised what happened. I, I think that the inner fortitude of the Miami Heat is legendary. Greatest run in the history of the sport to the NBA Finals. Playing, beating the Bucks, best team in the NBA in terms of win-loss record. Out-wrestling and out-hustling and out-grappling the Knicks. And then what they did to a more talented Celtics team that was a monster favorite for the series in general. Even when it was 3-1 Miami, I mean, Boston was, was favored. How about Boston as an 8.5-point favorite at home in game number 7? Boston was favored on the road in game number 6. So this this is really a fiasco, a disaster for the Boston Celtics. And we're bringing our executive producer of the Rise and Shine podcast, the great Bob Stew. Bob, you're a diehard Yankee fan like me. It is offensive to compare and contrast the Boston Celtics to the Boston Red Sox from 2004. And I can't wait for these NBA Finals. And I think that Nikola Jokic getting stamped as a champion is going to be amazing for the NBA. He's averaging a triple-double in the postseason. He's Wilt Chamberlain meets Mozart. I, I want him stamped as a champ, 
and this great Nuggets team cemented and recognized for their greatness. So give me your take on everything that transpired with the Eastern Conference Finals and what you think lies ahead for the NBA Finals. I think I got duped, Adam, because when the Miami Heat lost those three straight to Boston, I thought the Celtics were winning Game 7. Like, there wasn't a doubt in my mind that Miami was finished. And it's funny you did say that all about, you know, all this this comparison to the 2004 Red Sox and the Yankees and the Heat and these Celtics. And, I mean, you were 100% right. Comparing this Boston Celtics team to the 2004 Red Sox is just so offensive. They don't even have a Trot Nixon, Adam. They don't even have a Dave Roberts. Forget Kurt Schilling and Pedro Martinez and Dave Ortiz and Manny Ramirez and all all the Hall of Famers on that Red Sox team. The Celtics team didn't have a Trot Nixon on them. But I still thought they were going to win this series. I actually thought they were going to win, especially when Derek White... He tipped that in with a fraction of a second left. That was one of the best fourth quarters I've ever seen in NBA game two, Adam. That game six was legendary. I just felt like it was Boston's time. I, I can't believe I got duped. Yeah, I just assumed that the Celtics, they showed up for three straight games. Going back home, the Boston sports fan is exceptional. I thought the crowd would basically will them to victory. I was duped. I was duped. Joel the Mazzula crowd wanted it more than Missoula and the team did. I also think maybe lost in the shuffle with that fourth quarter in game six. Oh, Bob, Miami yeah. outplayed them. Grossly outplayed them. Nobody dwelled on it and focused on it because, obviously, White with that tip in for the ages. I mean, think about that. If he doesn't tip it in, then it's a disaster in Boston. Denver, obviously, is the destination for the Miami Heat as opposed to flying to Boston and then having to fly to Denver. I mean, that was the ultimate swing and the ultimate yeah. pendulum in terms of results and emotion. But I thought lost in the shuffle was how poorly Boston played in the fourth quarter in game six. And that press conference from Spolstra and from Butler watching it live on Saturday night, that told me everything I needed to know on why there was no chance the Celtics were the 4 Red Sox. Well, it's funny that you also brought that up, though, Adam, especially with um, the late-game situation. I actually thought the final play encapsulated the Celtics' season, right, for the most part. Like, that final play with three seconds left, how was the play to inbound it to Marcus Smart to heave it up for a three-pointer? Great point. When I saw that, I said, why? Also, nobody drives to the basket? They only needed two. They only needed two to win. Why is he Why is he taking a fadeaway three-pointer? He tried to pretend he was Michael Jordan, Adam. Marcus Smart is more Michael Olawakandi. Like, <laughs> I don't understand why he was taking that three in that situation. Think about how early he shot it. There were three seconds on the clock. Derek White had enough time to inbound the ball, get to the basket, and tip it in. And there was still enough time on the clock to win that game. That's how bad of a play that was. The inbound play Joe Missoula threw up at him, I thought was terrible. And that's why I thought even, you know, forget the fact that they melted down. The final play was luck. I mean, they, they shouldn't even have made it to a Game 7. But I thought when they made it, I honestly thought they were going to win that game last night. I mean, home court, I, I, it's funny though. I can't even say that the Celtics were the better team. I mean, they should have lost five of the seven games. I mean, they're only the better team based on record. They weren't the better team on the court the last two weeks. So Better team I mean, on record, better team on talent. But, yeah. you know, Tatum obviously is, is not a, a true great player in any way, shape, or form. Brown is not that guy. He could have easily stepped up, but he's incapable. And, you know, Jimmy Butler changes everything. Now, with that said, for these NBA Finals, you know, I know for some people it's not sexy, Bob, as a sports fan, you could color me obsessed. 
I, I th- I'm obsessed with the Heat story. I'm obsessed with Denver. You know, we love the Gordon trade. We love the Porter draft pick. We made a huge deal about that. Jamal Murray is a beast, and he's a superstar, and Jokic is an all-timer. Now, just because Denver's a, you know, a relatively obscure and smaller and not a sexy NBA market, let's not get this confused with two random teams. The Denver Nuggets were the best team in the Western Conference all year. The Denver Nuggets had opportunities to win championships the last few seasons. The Denver Nuggets have the best player in the NBA. Let's not sugarcoat rankings here. And Nikola Jokic is the best player in the NBA who beats you with his brawn and his skill and his brains all rolled into one. To me, clearly, the Denver Nuggets should be able to win this championship. I'll I'll call it six games because of the respect I have for Spolstra and Butler. How about Pat Riley? Whether it's as a player, a head coach, assistant coach, or an executive, he's been to 25% of the NBA Finals in history. 25%. (laughs) That that is an insane statistic. But I will officially take the Denver Nuggets to win in six games. And honestly, I'm rooting for it because Jokic is our guy, one of our generation's guys, our our kids' generation's guys. So I would love to see Jokic stamped as a champion. On the other side, Robert Ory, who knows a thing or two about how to win in the postseason and deliver a championship. He is the perfect featured guest on the Rise and Shine podcast. He joins us next. Plus, stay tuned for a great text from Jack Shine. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
NFL fans. Right now on the SXM app, hear in-depth coverage of your team with the Believe Podcast Network on Sirius XM. It's all the analysis, all the breakdowns that matter to you. Hosted by the players who played for your team and the fans who eat, sleep, and breathe it. 32 diehard fan bases, 32 podcasts. The Believe Podcast Network on Sirius XM. B-L-E-A-V. Search Believe in, followed by your team on the SXM app, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Featured guest on the Rise and Shine podcast, seven-time NBA champ, the most clutch player in the history of the NBA postseason, courtesy of our good friends over at Bet Online, my guy, the great Robert Ori. Robert, welcome back to the show, my friend. How are you? Man, I'm blessed, man. How's everything going with you? Everything is wonderful. Absolutely outstanding. And listen, you once told me, and I want you to get into this and elaborate on this, that you learned how to become one of the most clutch athletes in the history of sports by watching the movie Risky Business. Who knew that Tom (laughs) Cruise was going to have that much of an impact on the history of the NBA? You're smiling. You're laughing. It's one of my all-time favorite answers since I've been in this business for for over 20 years. So you need to explain to everyone who doesn't understand what I'm talking about how Tom Cruise and Risky Business impacted you. Uh, Well, you know, you have to take chances in life, and you never know what is going to happen unless you take that chance. And at the end of the movie, you know, when Tom does everything he does and, you know, tries to make some money before he goes off to college, his dad comes home and says, sometimes you just got to say, what the F, man, you got to say it. And if you don't go out and and, and, and try things, you won't you learn how to fail and learn from your failures. So sometimes you just got to say, what the heck, and go out and do your thing, man. And that's what I learned from that movie. You just got to try things. That is incredible. And and who knew that Risky Business was going to change the the history of the NBA and the NBA postseason? It's it's incredible. So with that as a backdrop, okay, how would you define it? We hear about it all the time. You had it. Jimmy Butler, this postseason, his entire career, he has it. As an NBA player in crunch time, define it it's it is when it takes over I meaning when that moment comes and you take whatever little tidbit it is and you add it to your game it gives you that extra adrenaline that extra drive that extra focus and that's the it factor all these things combine to make it you can't describe it you know just like cousin it you don't know what cousin it is you just say it's it <laughs> And for me, it's all those little tidbits that make up this it. And it's a, it's a lot of guys that have it. It comes out in different ways. I think right now, for me, I can only describe it as having that fear of being eliminated, have that fear of losing, have that fear of the whole world. Because you got to think about it. This is the NBA playoffs. You watch it. Everybody watches the NBA playoffs. You know, you have that fear of failing or not, you know, being that person in front of the whole world. And I think all those it's comes into factor and pushes you to the next level. And I, I I see how it's pushing Jimmy Butler. I see how it's pushing Jamal Murray. I see how it's really pushing Caleb Martin. These guys are playing at a level like, wow, okay, who is this guy? I mean, Caleb Martin. Now, we know what Jamal Murray could do in Yoko, but when you got guys like Caleb Martin, 
undrafted come out and just dominate. It lets you know he has that it factor too. Jimmy Butler to me is remarkable, and you know he was <laughs> one of, and he's an all star and he's a great player. But mm-hmm. like you, your legacy, your game, your name. You're known for what you did in the postseason. And Jimmy's skill and his will to win and how everyone on his team feeds off it, Robert, it's, it's mm-hmm. legendary. It's, it's breathtaking, frankly, to watch. How would you describe what you see from Jimmy Butler? This is a team that was in the play-in, and they have made, in my opinion, the most wild and amazing improbable run in history of the NBA to the NBA Finals. You obviously led the league in the history of the sport in its. What makes Jimmy <laughs> Butler that guy? You know, I, I think when you look at Jimmy Butler, he gives it his all on both ends of the floor. And when you're the, the star of the team, the, you know, the, the head guy, and when you're going hard and guys that say, well, you know, knowing for me, I'm like, I'm not going to let Dream, Shaq, Kobe, Duncan, Ginobili, all these guys – go hard and me not to try to join in. And I think if you look around this, this heat team, Jimmy plays hard on both ends. And what I like best about Jimmy is he never gets upset at his, his players. You know, body language is so important when it comes to playing. You can see guys when they take a shot, guys throw their head back or throw up their hands. Like what the heck did you do? You never see Jimmy do it. He always clapping his hands. Says, no, don't worry about it. Go. We all make mistakes. And I think that's the biggest thing for all these super athletes or these leaders of the team to not to not get upset when your teammate, quote-unquote, takes a bad shot in your eyes because there's so many superstars that take a lot of bad shots, and they feel like because they're this superstar, they're allowed to do that. And I never see Jimmy get upset. He's always encouraging his team. And he goes down and says, we make it up on the defensive end. We're going to play hard. And that's the biggest thing for me. He makes that team better because he's always supportive. He plays hard regardless. And, you know, he got one of the best coaches in the game to coach him. And that culture down there, starting with, you know, Zoe and, and, and Pat Riley. It's just a great culture. And I think Jimmy Butler is, is, personifies all that. Yeah, it funnels down. with, And I'm glad you mentioned mm-hmm. Zoe. I mentioned Pat Riley and, and Spolstro, who's an all-time coach. And obviously Butler and then the role players who understand. And I love that on, on the power of positivity. Look, I like the mm-hmm. Nuggets to win a championship. To me, Jokic is an all-timer. <laughs> And, I mean, it's yeah. – Robert, you even shrug your shoulders as I say it. I mean, this guy's <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain meets Mozart. I mean, how do you describe it? You you cannot describe him. It, you know, it's, it's the way he plays the game, the way he sees it, understands it, and makes the guys around him better. And and we always talk about that. And, and the one thing I really want to point out is – I didn't notice this until I went to game four of them playing the Lakers. I saw it live. The guy plays hard, man. Mm. We talk about how hard Giannis plays, but Jokic plays hard. You know, he flops a little bit more than most people, but at the end of the day, when he wants a rebound, he goes, gets the rebound. He is relentless when it comes to that. And the guy plays hard. He's very smart. We talk about it all the time, but you watch him. He's very crafty. And he, the way he rebounds, the way he pushes people out of the way, the way he uh, uh, flops sometimes to get a call to go in or to get the awareness of how hard or how aggressive they're being on him defensively. But the guy is just a phenomenal player in every aspect of the game. And obviously, he's the front runner when it comes to finals MVP. And, you know, everyone could check out a bet online for up to date NBA finals series lines and game lines and finals MVP and player props. 
So who are you picking in these NBA finals? How many games? And are you going to go chalk here? I mean, I I am in terms of Jokic for, for MVP. Uh, it, the only thing that can stop him from getting MVP is him getting hurt. And, and God forbid that happens, you know. But I, I think the, the Miami Heat are a crazy team. They're, they're trying to try to will to win like they did, even though they had some help with the injuries with the Celtics. And I'm a huge Jimmy Butler fan. But I just think watching these different Nuggets, you know, playing the Lakers, they have everything. You know, it's they're not missing anything, and and that's a hard team to beat when they have everything. And Miami is missing size, and the Denver Nuggets are huge, man. You think yeah. they got six ten, six ten, six ten? You know, and 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 they back and they front court. And I just think if the if the Miami Heat don't get Game One, you know, this is probably going to be a sweep, or they're going to go five one. So I, because I, I, the you know, it's not no disrespect to the Miami Heat, but mm-hmm. the Denver Nuggets are just good, man. You know, we don't talk about me because they're in the Denver and they don't we don't see them in primetime TV a lot, but this team is good. And it's not just because of Jokic, it's because of Michael Porter Jr. It's definitely because of Jamal Murray. And it's mm-hmm. definitely because of KCP, the way he's playing defense. This team is stacked. Well, I agree with you. And I think the Laker point is a fabulous one. And look, I thought after the trade deadline, the Lakers and Rob Palenka did a brilliant job. And Darvin Ham deserves a lot of credit. Look, they were the best team in the NBA for the trade deadline through the end of the season. And I thought the Mm -hmm. Lakers season, Robert, and, you know, I would say this to LeBron if he was sitting next to me. I know the standard that he has and the Lakers have, obviously. I thought the season was a success. Final four, lost to a better team, a team with a legendary player with great players around them. How would you judge the Lakers season, the Lakers postseason? Well, the Lakers season was good, but to me, and this is just my opinion, if you don't win a championship, the season's a failure. And I know we had a big debate with Giannis saying this season was a failure. Every season you don't win is a failure, but you learn from your failures. Sure. You get up, you pick yourself off, you dust yourself off, and you learn from these failures. And people see failure as a bad thing. You know, failure is not a bad thing because you can learn from it. Failure is only a bad thing if you don't learn from it. And I think the Lakers, from where they came from, starting the season now, making all these big trades, and learning to jail together at such a time was huge. That to me, they had a they, the season was a failure, but they learned from it. And so if they can keep those pieces together, they can grow from it and maybe get back to the championship or maybe get, you know get a better position than they had. Have to be in the playing game, you know, having to play you know all the top seeds they had. They could be the top seed and have home court advantage. But it, it's it's going to be difficult because you know LeBron is going into his twenty first season, you know. AD is trying to figure out if he should be the leader of that team or LeBron's still going to be the leader of the team. Are they going to sign back Reeves? Are they going to sign back D'Angelo? It's a lot of things going on there, but you know they have they have the map to get back to the final to the Western Conference Finals, but are they going to be able to be together as a team? Well, Robert, I think you nailed it. And it's not necessarily sexy, especially when it comes to L.A., but I'd run it back. Mm-hmm. Everyone always wants to talk to the NBA. New, I, I, I want Hachimura back. I want Reeves back. I definitely do. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're an excellent defensive team. Role players around James, around Davis. There's no chance, and you tell me if you disagree, that LeBron's going to retire. That's what I He ain't going nowhere. He's not. LeBron James is not retiring. No, no. There's no shot. So would you do the same thing, run it back? I will run it back, you know, and the part when people say LeBron's going to tie, I know he makes a lot of money. He's a billionaire, but ain't nobody giving up $100 million, man. No, he's not going to do that. 
and, and I would run it back. But the thing coming into this season, for me, if I'm coaching this team, I'm going to say, hey, hey, AD is our, our, our focus. AD, you're going to have to stop setting so many pick and rolls. You're going to have to be aggressive. Because when you set pick and rolls, it puts you in a passive mode as a big. You keep running out there. keep running. Don't get me wrong. Reeves is great coming off the D'Angelo. All those guys are great. But I need you to be in that post. I need you to be dominant. So now we get people to double team you and make it easier shots for LeBron, you know, Beasley, and all these guys. So I just I, – and I know people say you can't make AD the focal point because he keeps getting injured. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can make him that focal point. And if he does get injured, now LeBron, you take over. Like AD did during the season when LeBron got hurt, AD took over until he got hurt again. So they, this is a great team. I love Rui because Rui is a guy who can do so many things for you. And they have a good blueprint. They just got to keep it together. You played for Phil Jackson. You played for Greg Popovich, two of the best coaches in the history of the NBA. How do you compare and contrast them because they're so different? How do you rank them? How do you separate them? Uh, um, you know, it's, it's always hard to rank coaches because you're only as good as the players you have. True. And both of those guys have been blessed with some hell of a players. And the one thing they do have in common, they don't care who you are. If you're Shaq, you Kobe, you Tim, you Tony Amano, he's going to yell at you and put you in the place and makes the, make you realize it ain't about you, it's about we. The team is the most important thing. And I think those are the things they have in common. And, and if I had to pick one, I, I, I probably pick Pop, just for the sense that Pop and I had had conversations. Pop sent me home one time because my daughter was in the hospital and didn't let me come back until she was out of the hospital. And I never really got to know Phil. Um, and so Phil was hell of a coach. You know, we talk X's and O's, but we never had a conversation about life, you know, off the court. And that's the thing that get, that me personally, that can set them apart. And plus, you know, Phil will give you a book, Pop will give you a bottle of wine. Which one do you want? <laughs> I'd rather have the bottle of wine. Wait, exactly. So, so, and I happen to agree with you. I, I think Greg Popovich is the best coach in the history of the NBA. And I will always and forever argue that. So all your years in LA, never had a conversation outside of basketball with Phil Jackson. Well, I, I technically only had one conversation with him, period. And I was in the training room. He was in the, he came in the training room. And he, he asked me, so what happened between you and Danny Ainge? And it went something like this. Uh, I didn't like the MF. And so he lied to me. I threw a towel in his face. He says, okay, end of conversation. <laughs> That's how quick it was and how, how direct it was. So it was, <laughs> but, you know, don't get me wrong. I love Phil. And Phil and I had an understanding. And it took a while for Pop to understand that I know the game. I, I'm going to make the game better. Uh, my favorite line is I don't make the product, I make the product better. And Phil, once he got to know me, he didn't really have to coach me because he knew I was going to do the best thing for the team. I was going to sacrifice the team and I was going to give it what's best for me what's, and do what's best for the team. And it took Pop two years to understand that about me and eventually let me do it. And I think that's the one thing about coaches. Sometimes you got to get to know your players before you understand your players. And when you come in, you already have this idea about a certain player until you meet them and talk to them or watch them, you know, work every day. And I think it took Phil a while to get who I was and took Pop a while to get who I was. But after the third season of being with those guys, they understand what it was about and understand, oh, this guy, he ain't going to do anything to hurt the team. He's going to do everything to help the team. I love that. All right, you played with, I think, four of the 12 best players in the history of the NBA. <laughs> Olajuwon. I say six. <laughs> okay, who are the six? Who are the six? 
the six, you got Clyde, you got Dream, you got Kobe, you got Shaq, you got Tim and Manu, Antonio 0.5. So you put them together and make one. So I got six right there. <laughs> so with that said, and I, when I said four of the 12, I didn't have Clyde. Mm -hmm. I didn't have Manu. And Manu was superb and very underrated. Yeah. And he was so integral. How do you yeah. separate those four? And how did they help make you the player that you were when it mattered the most? I, I think it starts off with Dream. Uh, dream. He was so cerebral. You know, he, if you go back and watch the years I played with Dream, he was always on point. Think about it, this dude dropped 40 during Ramadan, not maybe eat or drink anything. And so it, you just got guys like that who were so laser focused. And you think about it, when you first come to lead, you're a sponge. You try to learn from the people around you because they've been there, done that. And I was able to learn from Dream. And then we added Clyde. I was able to learn from Clyde. And then I moved on to L.A. where, you know, you look around the team like, oh, I'm the one of the vets here, the only guy who won the championship outside of Ron Harper. And then you just kind of take it from there. So it was it, it it all started from the beginning and it kind of grew me and cultivated me to be where I was when I got to the Lakers to, you know, talk to the guy. And I think the biggest thing that I learned from Dream was you don't have to talk all the time. Mm. But when you do talk, have something to say that's worth listening to. And that's how I was when I got to Lakers. I didn't have to yell, say anything like that. But when I wanted to sit down and talk to Shaq or Kobe or Ron or Rick or whoever, they will listen because it's like, you know, you don't talk much, but when he talks, you better listen up. And they trust you. And it has to be a trust aspect of that too. So that that, that was the fun part of it, about playing with all those championship teams. We all trusted one another. He is the absolute best, one of the most clutch players in the history of sports. And I'm telling you, if you want to be clutch, you can check out Bet Online for up to date NBA Finals series lines, game lines, finals MVP, and player props. Robert Ori, you are the best, my friend. Always appreciate it. And we'll talk to you again real soon. So, who, who you got? I'm taking Denver in six. And really, I okay. think it's closer to four or five, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I yeah. just can't, as we sit here today, I can't say sweep or five games with Miami. Just out of that culture, that coach, Jimmy Butler, it's too good, too much. I can't say four or five right now. Yeah, Will that zone work, though? Because the zone killed the Celtics, but that zone – is an amoeba of a zone. So I'm really interested if they're going to pull it out against Denver because Denver has a big who will post up that can kind of mess up that zone. And Michael Porter Jr., where he shoots threes, can kill a zone. Yeah. I mean, to me, the educated guess is they won't do it because I think Porter yeah. and Jokic would absolutely crush it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Robert, great stuff. We appreciate it. Man, thanks for always having me on, guys. Have a good one. You got it. It's time for texts from Jack Shine. All right, Bob, here's one from Jack Shine. On Tuesday morning, right after the Heat beat the Celtics. Good morning, smiley face emoji, Adam Buzz. Bumblebee emoji. Sting the fraudsters, the incompetents, the bullshitters. Make sure you murder and have a beatdown of the Celtics. And do it in your monologue on radio. <laughs> Love, heart emoji. Love you. Have a great day. Dad. <laughs> Sign dad. Like, I wouldn't know that that would be... There's only one person who could use those kind of emojis and those kind of word choices. Fraudsters. Incompetence. 
bullshitters in describing <laughs> the Boston Celtics, Bob, from game number seven. I'm glad he signed it, Adam. Too many people hide behind anonymous quotes, anonymous text messages. I'm glad that he decided to sign that specific text because that is one of the most scathing text messages from Jack Time we've ever had. I love every word of it, Adam. That's beautiful. That's some poetry right there. Yeah, poetry in motion from Jack Shine. Rise and Shine is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more, please give a five-star rating, leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Sirius XM Podcasts. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.